What's up, guys? Lunchbox here. Uh, I just want to tell you a few things real quick uh, before we get into the uh, episode proper. Um, because uh, since we've recorded this, a few things have happened, and there are things worth knowing about. First off, first off, we got two new Patreon subscribers. Uh, two new Patreon subscribers. Two new people who are basically putting their money where my mouth is and telling me uh, that they love the product. And I, I, I. Am at a, I, I can't express to you properly how much this means to me. Uh, it is incredible to me that not only do people want to listen to something that I am making, um, they want to pay me for it. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that's great. That's absolutely great. Um, first is uh, The Wrestling Revolution. Uh, the Wrestling Revolution and Ed Burke. These are our two new Patreon subscribers. They are breathing the rarest, the same rarefied air Man, I didn't say that right at all. The same rarefied air as Sorgatron himself. Um, and uh, they're going to get some very interesting exclusives. You can follow them on at the W Revolution and at EdBurke37. Uh, and, of course, at Sorgatron. Follow them on Twitter. See what they're doing and what they're about. And uh, uh, engage them in conversation. These are good people and they know what they're talking about. Um, and they have impeccable taste, clearly. Um, So thank you very much uh, to both of them. And they are going to get some exclusive content, uh, some very exclusive content that uh, that was recorded in unison with this very episode. Uh, Myself and Kristen and uh, her husband, Stephen, we talked about professional wrestling. This was recorded shortly after SummerSlam, and uh, we talked about everything that went down there. Up to and including the strange stuff with The Undertaker. (laughs) So uh, if you are a fan of professional wrestling, now is the time. Go to panelriot.com, click the button that says Patreon, and go from there. You can donate as little as just, just pennies an episode. Pennies an episode, and you get access to this highly, highly exclusive content. And, uh, of course, it will mean the world to me. Um, Next up, I want to tell you about a comic. Can you believe it? Me talking about a comic? On this podcast? Yeah, it's uh, that was cheesy. Um, it's called Soul Sworn, S-O-U-L-S-W-O-R-N, by my dear friend Zeke. This comic is excellent, and it's free. I know you like free stuff because you're listening to a podcast, and podcasts are traditionally free. Soulsworn.webcomic.ws. It is great. The writing is amazing. The art is fantastic. Um, it's funny, and it's brutal, and it's interesting, and he's great at world building, and he's doing it all himself. He's doing all the writing and all the art uh, himself. It's wonderful. Go and check it out at your earliest convenience, Soul Sworn dot webcomic dot w s next up uh i want to tell you a few things about this very episode this very episode of panel riot um normally i like to keep panel riot a uh, clean podcast um you'll hear the occasional shit or damn which um i think are as common as the and and nowadays um but uh i decided to drop that embargo for this particular episode of panel riot um because the subject matter that we were discussing, discussing, I feel it was entirely appropriate um, for us to say the things that we did, and um, specifically the third part of this podcast. That was, um, it is 
just listen to it. Just listen to it. Get all the way to the end. But if you are easily offended by words that people have told you are super bad, then you should probably just skip this episode and go back and listen to the episode about X2 or X3 or Blade 3. Don't listen to any of those. Um, all of them. Go back. Go Listen to the special content where I listed all the X-Men. That'll make you feel good. That'll make you feel real good. And then by the time you finish that, I will probably have released yet another podcast. So one more thing. One more thing, I promise. Um, the audio, there were some audio issues uh, with this episode, and I apologize for that. Um, I am actually trying to get a, uh, a better in-studio setup so that I can actually have people in my home. They can come into my home and visit and, um, and uh, record live and in person. I can look them in the face as opposed to in the digital face. I guess. Um, but yeah, there are some audio issues, but this is an excellent episode and, uh, Kristen is absolutely wonderful to have on. She's, um, she's great. And I think I say this in the episode or maybe I said it on Twitter, but she is much better at expressing my thoughts than I am. (laughs) So, uh, stick around for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Enjoy this week's edition of Panel Riot featuring Kristen Ross. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. Happy New Comic Book Day. This week, we are talking with the incredible Kristen Ross. That's right. She's back on the show, and we are going to talk about the wicked and the divine. But before we can do that, intern Stan, a theme song, if you please. Thank you, Stan. That was truly, truly, truly outrageous. I love you, Stan. Stan, your biggest fan is here. Hi, Stan. He's I all miss- smiles. <laughs> he's just he's just off mic. Stan? Stan? No, it's Kristen. Oh, he's really happy. I think I think he's holding in some smoke. I don't know what that's about. Oh yeah, I know what that's about. <laughs> Folks, Kristen Ross is back with us. Hi guys. I'm super happy to be back. We are super happy to have you back. You scored very, very highly on the Who Should Come Back to the Show um, uh, reader-listener survey that we had. You are officially a fan favorite. Undisputed future. Undisputed future. The champ is here. (laughs) Um, And uh, we are talking about a comic that you yelled at me for not reading the last time you were on, (laughs) The Wicked and the Divine. I'm sorry, but also at the same time, not at all sorry. You should not be sorry. It's phenomenal. It's amazing. Kieran Gillen. I hate you. Jerry McEl- Jamie Jamie McElvey. I also hate you. Yeah. I, hate I hope that someday you listen to this and hear that I hate you both. Mm-hmm. I would love for either one of them to listen to this. That would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... Kristen, tell the listeners what The Wicked and the Divine is about. Give us a, give us a little synopsis. Okay, let's please. see. So what, what do you need to know to start reading 
the wicked and divine to be to prepare yourself to gird your loins for the straight up adventure you're about to be taking um everybody loves rock stars i would well i mean i love rock stars i think that generally we can all agree that rock stars are awesome music is one of the things that all of us have in common that we can connect with that we connect with the universe with so the theory of wicked and divine is that every age the gods come back to life but they can only live two years they're rock stars in this iteration that we're concerned with we are concerned with the pantheon which is basically all of the gods coming back to life and the way that they're presenting themselves this time around is in a group of musical artists called the pantheon and they're all individual artists but they are grouped together so in the world you're kind of just not supposed to think about the fact that the the entire world is aware that these rock stars are here there are 12 of them they are only going to live for two years we just all know this mm-hmm. it's fine just accept it and keep going with it <laughs> so we have laura who is our protagonist and she is a fangirl and I'm sure that you are all familiar with fangirls and fanboys. I certainly am. I'm, this is I'm a comic book podcast. Yeah, super yeah. familiar with that feeling. So <laughs> we're going to follow Laura through her discovery of first getting to talk to the Pantheon as a person and then getting more and more into their backstory through both her fandom and her personal experience. Mm-hmm. Should I uh, should I give a quick rundown of the uh, all the major players? Oh, that would be great. Okay, so I'm going to uh, ruin some of these pronunciations, but that's what <laughs> I do here on the show. So we've got uh, Amaratsu. Nope. Perfect. Amatus. Doesn't matter. Ball. Baphomet. 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 Inanna. Lucifer. Minerva. The Morrigan. Um, Sakamet. Woden, yeah. Terra, Dionysus, Erder, and Ananki. You did great. I probably ruined half of those. No, 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 you did great. The only one that I would have pronounced different is that I pronounce it Ananike. But I'm sure that's also wrong. <laughs> Ananike. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure that I'm completely sure that's also wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. What matters is that it's an incredible comic book. Lord, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> um, what What is it about uh, this comic that, what is it, why do you love it? What, what makes you um, want to come on podcast and talk about this comic? I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> are you about to kill me? <laughs> But no, seriously, I mean, I think that everybody can get this comic book, but those that have a very particular set of skills will get it the most, and that's who it will mean the most to. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So I have these intersecting interests, of course, with music and rock stars. I was once long ago in bands. Once long ago. (laughs) (laughs) And comic books. I wrote comic books. I love comic books. And I'm a writer, so storytelling. 
Mm-hmm. Music, comics, storytelling is what this is about. Like, it's basically about it's about fandom itself, really, and the way that art interacts with fandom. Um, I think that what brought me to it initially, though, was because I'm a fan of Phonogram. So I was a fan of Gillen and McKelvey before the Wigan and Divine ever came about. Um, which, that's awesome. That's a whole other discussion. And that's actually probably more specialized, even, um, than Wicked and Divine. But even if you don't have that set of special skills, <laughs> it's an amazing story that can still be read on a surface level. So it just happens to work both ways. The artwork as well is just fantastic. It's, it's amazing. It's crisp. The thing that I love about Jamie McKelvey's stuff is that you can look at his stuff and you could look at McKelvey and know that it was him even if nobody told you in the first place. Mm -hmm. It just looks very different from what's out there right now. And the artists that they've hired while they're going back to do some more phonogram um, have not only done justice to the book, but they've really elevated the book at certain points, which... Especially the Terra issue, but I don't think we should talk about that just yet. Um, <laughs> in the beginning, it's all McKelvey. And as you go through it, every page is different. And like the little cutscenes and everything you see before has a very Hickman feel to it. But it is comforting in the fact that all of those little touches... Like, they have all of the pages beforehand with the symbols of the gods on them. So as you follow it through, you can see the gods' logos disappear and be replaced by a skull when certain things happen. I don't know how mm-hmm. spoiled you want to get with this. <laughs> like, um, I think I think we could probably get spoily for the first... Oh, jeez. I mean, we're two, we're two trades in now and yeah. on to a new arc. Uh, the 13th issue just came out. Yes. Matthew Wilson. I wanted to mention Matthew Wilson because he does oh my God. for Wicked and the Wicked yeah. and Divine. And it's such a huge part of the, uh, of the book. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Especially I, the Dionysus rave. Oh God. Oh man. He, I was just reading something today about, and I don't think that you think about this a lot when you read comics about how much color affects your emotions mm-hmm. and I know at least myself like when you look at Wilson's colors and you look at what's going on the vibrancy and the fact that those colors can't really exist in front of you really makes you feel like you're at a concert or a rave like you've connected with something that's transcendental like it's it's godlike it's not something that exists in nature mm-hmm. and it jumps out at you and at the strangest times it's it's amazing, and it's so it's so emotional. It adds it's it adds this whole other layer to the comic that is already multi layered to begin with. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's almost too much going on. Yes, which is yes. nice because I feel like a lot of times, if, I feel like a lot of art now, <coughs> sort of like talks down to you, mm-hmm. like it is made for a populist audience. And this is, we shouldn't go back to the image conversation that we already had. But right. like having 
creator-owned properties makes it so that you can do things that mainstream people aren't going to be able to do. And they absolutely um, they do that in this, in, like in books like this and in Sex Criminals. That I think that shows, and those are the best examples of the creators using that freedom to their to its best uh, best purpose. And bitch non-compliant yeah, planet oh god so many good <laughs> books it's ridiculous um uh what is uh that was uh episode number 26 if you want to check that out uh the original oh, the image, <laughs> the, image the image uh image episode the first appearance of Kristen ross on uh on panel riot <laughs> um I'm I'm bouncing around on all these websites, uh, looking up for inf- looking up information. Um, so the characters themselves are uh, they're kind of amalgams of pop stars, like actual real life pop stars. Right, exactly. I mean, I think that you'll definitely part of the fun of Wicked and Divine is being able to go through it and be like, oh, I get it. You know, yeah. like you you get to be able to look at something or hear something and you get it, you know, because you're a fan too. So, right. You see those references, right? I mean, it's pretty difficult to ignore that Sakamet looks exactly like Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's pretty difficult to ignore that Inanna looks exactly like Prince. Mm-hmm. Like um, if you're a fan of, of pop music and you're a fan of comics, it's just, it's super fun because it's not like they're playing with the identities of these people. They're playing with the idea of these kinds of people at all. Right. Yeah. And who they are when they're not on stage and performing and what that means. And who they were before they performed, which Mm -hmm. we actually haven't gotten a whole lot of, but I think is a super interesting angle that will probably come into play later. Oh yeah. There was a little bit with, is it ball? Who's the Kanye West character? Yeah, he's like, I was telling people I was God before I was actually a God or something like that. Right, right, right. I'm really interested in the um, the Daft Punk guy. The guy who wears the Daft Punk Woden. helmet. What's that? Woden. Yeah. He's uh, alluded to some very interesting stuff. I actually think that Woden's Valkyries are more interesting than Woden himself. It is a little frustrating that they haven't said a word. Except for... Um, Women that don't talk are very, very frustrating to men. <laughs> That's true. You're right. Yeah. Huh. But I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm not so interested in Woden as I wish I was. Like, I can't figure out, and this is an interesting angle to the comic, is, but I can't figure out if it's because I don't really like Daft Punk mm-hmm. <laughs> or if I'm just not interested in Woden. I'm not interested in Dionysus either. Right. I feel like he was a he was a plot device. He was just there to have that rave, and that's basically it. No, that can't be it, though. They because that's leave. never it with Gil- with Gillen and McKelvey. I don't they, trust them. They I don't didn't leave a lot them. of mystery with him, though. There's something going on there. Because like, well, I mean, I don't trust them. I'm interested in Woden because when he was talking about how when he tries to give himself powers. That's why he wears the helmet and all of that stuff. And I wonder what happened. Yeah, because you can give other people fame, but you will never be seen yourself. Right. It's uh, it's such a good book. It's, <laughs> I mean, like, we keep coming back to that. 
amazing. I there's there's so much to talk about. I have like I told you earlier, and you laughed at me. I said I made notes <laughs> <laughs> because there's just so much to cover, and I don't want to leave anything out. Like I don't. I really just want people to if they haven't heard of it before if they've been thinking oh i'm on the fence about this like to just pick it up and read it like you will inevitably find something about it that's going to blow your freaking mind like Mm -hmm. so the whole point is that is a reference (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the eve song Mm -hmm. i'm sure she's in the pantheon of the gods There's uh, to a lot of uh, uh, casual comic goers, or even non-casual comic goers, you'll probably know it as the. Uh, it's the comic that had a uh, decapitated body, just like from the shoulders up on the cover. <laughs> I feel like the covers are really distinctive uh, in a really great way. Yeah, I. I mean, people have probably seen that image no matter what of just the half head, the mm-hmm. trunk head, as as I see when I look at it now. I mean, that's another thing that's great about Wicked and Divine, because at the very offset, they're like, all right, listen, everybody that you love is going to die. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, you're going to get invested in all of these people, and they're gone. Like, you know that they're going to be gone. So anybody from the Joss Whedon School of Storytelling, Mm -hmm. you're already quite ignored to the fact that things can be ripped away from you. But in the case of Wicked and Divine... You don't realize how hideous it's going to be when those things are, in fact, ripped away from you. Exactly. Because like you said, they um, it's established really early on that they're going to live for two years right. and then so die. Right. But then when they die before that, it has this extra weight to it mm-hmm. that's just unpleasant. it is an emotional emotional comic Um, we are going to talk a lot more about the wicked and the vine but before we do that we are going to have a quick word from our sponsors please stick around for more panel riots after this message I have a word of advice every year colds cause a lot of sickness Every year they cause a lot of expense and time lost from work. Always regard a cold seriously. Always treat it earnestly. At the first sign of a cold, take Grove's bromoquinine tablets. Bromoquinine tablets are famous relief for the distress of a cold. Their efficacy has been fully established. Bromoquinine tablets go right to work on a cold symptom. They don't waste any time. They don't pull any punches. They quickly relieve the misery of a cold. They help reduce the fever of a cold. Thousands of people keep bromoquinine tablets handy all winter. Thousands of people depend on them as their relief for colds. No other preparation enjoys greater confidence than bromoquinine tablets. Follow the example of millions, and at the first sign of a cold, take Grove's bromoquinine tablets. Get them at any drugstore a few cents a box. Ask specifically for Grove's, G-R-O-V-E-S, bromo, B-R-O-M-O. Quinine, Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. Groves Bromoquinine Tablets. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here on this week's edition of Panel Riot. We have Kristen Ross with us, and we are talking about the wicked and the divine 
Um, I should have said this up top, and I completely forgot. This episode is uh, part of a series of episodes about the best comics currently available. Um, and this is one of them. We're going to have uh, a few episodes on down the line uh, talking about uh, Matt Fraction and um, uh, David Aja's Hawkeye. We're going to have uh, people on to talk about sex criminals and, of course, the incredible saga. But uh, that is then, and this is now, and we're talking about Wicked and the Divine. Kristen? Oh, my God, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have notes. We've hyped, we hyped these notes in the last segment. I do, and you made fun of me. I didn't. I, I laughed because you're so much more prepared than I am, and I'm supposed to host the show. But that's not it. Like I am obsessed. I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's a completely different thing. But like I, as I told you when we were off mic, I have some quotes from the creators, and then I also went to Goodreads to get some of the people's reviews, and I found out that everybody feels exactly the same that I do, <laughs> which I kind of already figured. Um, so, do you want to do the quotes first, or do yes. you want to do? Okay. Yeah, let's talk about the quotes. All right. So. We were talking briefly before the break about um, how you feel when things get ripped away from you and that even though they told us at the beginning of this that everybody was going to be gone within two years and that's what the comic was about, um, that you still kind of feel... the We all get really involved and the creators get really involved as well. And I found this fantastic quote from Kieran Gillen in an interview, which I can't remember what it was. I'll look it up if you guys really want me to. But <laughs> And he said, <clears throat> I feel guilty a lot when writing with Div and following fan response because I know where it's all going and can see things working. You feel cruel because it is cruel, but it's important. You get this strange idea from people who do a surface reading of what McKelvey and I do, that it's somehow pandering when really what we do is tough as balls on our cast and readers and ourselves. It's the sort of reading which assumes that Young Avengers is about evil parents when it's actually about teenagers fucking up and eventually realizing it and owning it. Wiktiv is about fandom in many ways, but it's not a complimentary portrait. Which brings me to the Terra issue. Mm-hmm. But, oh, I don't know if you want to cover that now or if... You want to go the third one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we should hold off on that one for now. Okay, so think, hash the fucking Tara and we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, that quote is uh, it's going to resonate with a lot of people who listen to the show who are who do creative work themselves, especially with writing, because when he says his cast, he's talking about the people in the comics. Right. He's talking about his characters. Yeah, and. When you, when you write these characters, you feel for them. You you you're not just you know coming up with blanks that are just acting out scenes and everything like that. You are putting these emotions in the characters. So yeah, it's tough on your cast. You know, you feel for these people. And he says that in the same breath is what I really admire about that because he's thinking about his cast and his readers in the same freaking breath mm -hmm. like he and a lot of times when i'm writing too i feel like your cast of characters is not that different from your readers who you're trying to reach is 
the same as who you're writing, you know, mm-hmm. like you are writing so that people can relate to you or relate to some, some part of your character from somewhere or even something that someone admires in a character that they could never be. Like your readers in your cast and your character and you are all the same thing. Wow. That was really, uh, really beautifully put, actually. At the same time that I'm like, I'm going to drop some knowledge, my computer's like, you're running on reserve battery. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you need to talk some shit for like 30 seconds while I plug in and make sure we don't go out. I can do that. I can absolutely do that. Um. <laughs> I kind of want to like uh, transcribe that quote and just make that the only thing in the episode description. Um, but uh, it's, it's true. And I think that's the mark of a good, um, of a good writer. I mean, obviously we've talked about it before. Kieran Gillen is an incre- incredible writer, but the fact that he does have, he's got one eye on his characters and one eye on his, on his readers. And he is, Again, he's not just writing words so that people will read the words at the end. You know, he's not he's not writing the Big Bang Theory to get a paycheck. You know what I mean? He's, oh, he's actually he's doing his best to stir genuine emotion in his readers, and he's great at it. Right. And I feel like right. that's from your experience, sincerely, and having it connect with someone else is the ultimate goal of writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. I I know that there's a quote about how books are magic and they connect people over time, but I'm really tired and can't think of who it is or what it is right now. So <laughs> We could look it up. We do have the internet. We do have the internet. But uh but we're doing a show right now, it's fine. Yeah, we're gonna figure it out later. Yeah, exactly. There was a time and you children may not remember this time. But there was a time when you couldn't look up things like that. You would have to be like, oh, I'll go to the library the next time that I'm at school. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll go through the Dewey Decimal Catalog. I'm showing my age here, but it doesn't matter because I'm awesome. So I'll be awesome when I'm 50 years older than I am now. That's exactly right. And the Dewey Decimal System will still have existed. Yes, the Dewey Decimal System will never, ever, ever go away. <laughs> There's no way. They are going to adapt that thing for every media format that comes along. I love it. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to organize things. I believe that in my soul. I, I completely agree with you. Even if you don't think that you like to organize things, you're going to hit a certain age and you'll be like, well, this is a mess. And then you'll clean <laughs> it up and you'll feel great. Right. That's, that is fulfillment. There's something magical about organization. <laughs> there is. I used to live in a pile of my own filth all the time. <laughs> and now I I have clean, straightened closets. Guys, unless you've already lived in a pile of your own filth. Right. It's the same thing that you, you need to have all sorts of experiences to be able to speak on them. So you have to live in your pile of filth before you can climb out from under it. Exactly. <laughs> We are gonna we're gonna make T-shirts after this. We are gonna put just the entire script of this podcast on T-shirts. Okay, so I have these great Goodreads quotes. <laughs> well, do you have any other quotes from uh, Karen Gillan? Oh, I do. Except the second one is about Tara, 
So okay. I'm actually kind of hoping maybe we might need 15 minutes to go over issue 13. Yes. So that we can say, hey, this is spoilerific, but if you read issue 13, then please come with us. Right. We'll make we'll make the uh, the third segment the spoiler segment. We can talk about whatever we want there. Okay, cool. That sounds good. So, in the meantime. In the meantime, these Goodreads reviews, and before I read them to you, I want you to know that they're all five-star reviews. <laughs> so They're not going to sound like five-star reviews, but they definitely are all five-star reviews, um, which will kind of tell you the breadth of emotion <laughs> that, that Wicked and Divine um, brings about in people. And these are after, let's see. I want to make sure I have the issue right on this so that you can have some context once you go through and read, which you clearly are going to do, or you will have to answer to me. Incidentally, if you do want to pick up a, an issue of the Wicked and the Divine, maybe the first trade, you can head over to panelriot.com, click the link that says Amazon, and there will be a link sitting there waiting for you, specifically you. <laughs> click it, buy it. So these reviews are after the second arc which is the second trade, if you're buying trades, um, the end of Fandemonium. And for those who are listening to this who have read Wicked and Divine, you know the point that I'm talking about. <laughs> no one's going to spoil it right now, but everyone knows a certain point, yes. <laughs> and everyone was very, very angry after it happened. I, I don't even want to classify it as anger because... I don't think it was anger. Mm. Um, and again, I don't want to compare it to Joss Whedon because I think that that might minimize it. Um, but when you get really invested in something and then it pays off in a way that you will never forget, no matter what way that is, you're never going to forget that moment. And this was one of those moments. The end of Fandemonium was definitely one of those moments. Mm -hmm. So these five-star Goodread reviews... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I won't read you the people's names. I've just pulled some select quotes for us. <laughs> and it, there's some swearing here. So if any of the five-year-olds drinking petri wine, <laughs> do that right now. It's all right. We've already had some swearing in the show. so I can't help it. I'm a sailor mouth. So we just okay. everything that I'm on as NSFW. It's okay. Also, you're reading quotes from Karen Gillan. Of course, it's going to be sweary. <laughs> this poor guy whose name is definitely Russian mm -hmm. his review starts with Kieran Gillen you are a horrible horrible fucking person <laughs> and then this one is my favorite her name is Carrie Carrie has pretty much summed up what I've felt in reading through up until issue 13 <laughs> The Wicked and Divine. And this is an all caps, so think in all caps as I say this. No no punctuation marks. Don't talk to me. Don't even look at me. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, <laughs> I have two more. This person, I apparently didn't even log their name. I was so desperate to make sure that I got this. <laughs> oh, my God, Karen Gillen, you monster. I love you so much. <laughs> and let me just pause here and say, I understand that everybody wants to give Kieran the credit that he deserves. 
but all of this would not work if it weren't for McKelvey's art. So McKelvey is also a monster, and I need you to also call him a monster, too. <laughs> and then this one sums up all of Wicked and Divine. Our, our dear Jessica, who rated it four out of five stars on Goodreads, says, what the flying fuck just happened? <laughs> That's true. That's every issue. Yes. It's When I was reading down through the reviews, I was like, everybody has said it better than I could even think to say it on the spot. So, <laughs> read some of these. It's 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 one of those uh, it's one of those comics where you finish an issue and you think okay all right good now where's the next one I need Wait. it now and it comes out maddeningly slowly too slow just like all really good comics do too slow but give him a break because there's a new phonogram right there's a new phonogram right have you read any phonogram I I think I started, I think I read the first issue. Um, before oh. I read the first issue before you were on last time, the old stuff. Yeah, yeah, the first first issue. The first trade or the first issue? The first issue. <laughs> okay, well, like I said before, that's a little more specialized. If you're not like a total Britpop dork, half of that shit doesn't make sense to you. So, <laughs> and that's fine. Like it's fine. Not everybody is going to even get or love phonogram, but. Wicked and Divine is for everyone. Mm-hmm. It really is, which is... Um, actually, I think if we're going to do spoilers in the third section, we can talk about this now. Uh, the Wicked and the Divine has been optioned for a... I think it's a TV deal or a movie deal um, by Universal Pictures by way of uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick and Matt Fractions. Uh, right? They're amazing. Here's... Can I express some concern? Absolutely. Okay. This is just, I love everybody involved in all of this. Like, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, do I love everyone involved in this. But I worry that it's too soon. Only 13 issues in. Right. And I have to trust that they know what's going to happen so that everything has been planned ahead so that the foreshadowing can be correct if we're doing a adaptation to screen suddenly, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I worry about. Like, if I know when I write, I don't always know what's going to happen. So, the fact that it's so early in everything makes me a little bit worried. Like, I have nothing but faith that everything will turn out fine. <laughs> but initially, I'm like, oh my God, that happened so fast. Like, it just all happened really fast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it did because it wasn't even, it wasn't even, that's not a recent thing. That was, um, it was uh, when we recorded the last episode, we talked about it. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, issue number eleven was just about to come out. That was um, June. Right. Yeah, mm. and uh, it's it's that and sex criminals. Um, and on one hand, I kind of wish it was HBO that had picked this up. I feel like they might be a more appropriate venue for this. Right. But on the other hand, what, what's the uh, what's the company that's going to actually end up distributing it? I don't know. Okay. I think, I, I think that's the catch like Like, hbo thing mm -hmm. but right now it seems to only be milk fed branded well a universal um bought them as a development deal so they have two years to make something out of these 
Um, let's see here. This is a long time. Uh, Universal's tied to NBC, Sci-Fi, USA, and Hulu. Hmm. Hulu would be good. Hulu would be real good. Yeah. Um, Universal did good with uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So. I it'll be fine. I honestly believe it'll be fine in the end. I think it's just me being like, oh my god, it's so quick. Like it's not mm-hmm. over. Like I want with. The, I just want the storytelling to maintain integrity, right. so I worry. It's it's important, and it's it's so good as it is that if a bad adaptation happened, it would be heartbreaking. Right, right. I, the last thing I want to see is a bad Wicked and Divine movie. Right, yeah. It's such it's such meaty, good material that you don't want to see it go to waste. Right. Yeah. Um. So on that note, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to say it now, or we're going to say it on the other end of the break, that Section 3 is the spoiler section, which I think I might, I might just make that that's a thing on Panel Riot. The third segment is where spoilers happen. Because then you can listen first through the first two segments and not mm-hmm. be worried, and then you can be like, all right, got to be out for the third if I haven't read this. Exactly. Yes. Yes, that's good. I like that. Folks, quick word from our sponsor, and we will be right back after these messages. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. Hi, everyone. Do you like video games? Do you like reading about video games? Do you like listening to podcasts about video games? Why don't you check out insertcointobegin.com? New articles going up daily, and you can check out our podcast, Boss Battle, on sorgatronmedia.com. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out wrestlingmayhemshow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's edition of Panel Riot. We are talking about the wicked and the divine, and we are here with Kristen Ross. Say hello. Um, another heads up this is the spoiler section this is where the spoilers live on panel riots in the third segment while you still can so keep your heads together because it's going to get crazy uh actually before we get to the spoilers there's i want to mention um uh in sex criminals there is a sort of crossover sort of homage to wicked in the divine and it's hilarious (laughs) he's hilarious um, there is an entire episode about the back episode, an entire s- issue about the backstory of a porn star, and uh, her first porn is basically the porn version of the Wicked and the Divine. It's the the Wicked and the Divine. The Wicked and the Divine. Yep, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's perfect. Everybody wanted it anyway, so thank you, fashion. <laughs> if you are not reading. Just all the image comics. Just read them all. Just read all of them. Read this. If you can't read all of them, I need you to at least read Wicked and Divine, mm-hmm. Sex Criminals, mm-hmm. Saga, and Bitch mm-hmm. And Bitch if that's all you get through, that's fine. But if you don't want more, then I don't know. Yep. I don't know who you are. That's then. true. We can put out an extended list later because uh, Descender is oddly pretty good. And um, uh, Velvet is incredible. I read Velvet. What's that? I think we talked about Velvet before, like shortly. 
Velvet still- is so. It's amazing, and you need to read it. Like I will send you copies of Velvet so you can read it. Okay, I'm down. I'm down. It's great. So it is spoiler time. Spoiler time. Where do you want to start? Um. All right. Maybe. Let's see. We only have so much time left, and I don't know how much time we're going to need to go over Tara. Okay. Because it's very important. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So if you're still listening, because this is the spoilers part, then you well know that through Wicked and Divine, hashtag fucking Tara, or someone just saying fucking Tara, mm-hmm. is, is a thing. So as you're reading through, you're like, oh, God, fucking Tara. So you sort of get into this world where Tara's the only guy that you don't know. And because everyone speaks of her in this very strange tone that seems as if she's done something horribly wrong, you've already written her off as when you get her backstory, it's going to be something that you're just like, oh, God, my God, like like she's Jared from Subway. <laughs> right, yeah. See, I thought like, she was going to be some, like, like intolerable diva, you know, like right, stereotypical right. pop star shit, you know? And they set us up. Yes, they did. And they broke our hearts. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, I can't even believe how much we were set up for this. Mm-hmm. I, and I never could have predicted it. And even, when I look back on it now, after having read 13, I see myself before I read that issue. I know that the name of the arc is commercial suicide. I know that the name of the issue is commercial suicide. Did I ever take a moment and think, what does commercial suicide mean? No, I didn't. I thought commercial suicide means what it means in music, you know, like, oh, somebody's just going to like completely tank on purpose or, or something like that. If, if I thought about it, I thought about it in a very cursory way. I didn't think about it in the way that it turned out at all. And it rendered me, like, mm-hmm. shredded me. The, the thing is that when you think about Tara, you also can't, um, extract yourself from the world that we live in now. Um, Tara is a victim of all of the terrible things that we watch in front of our eyes every day. Mm-hmm. Um, when we log into Twitter, when we don't hear what women are saying to us about the way that they're treated, um, when we ignore someone trying to express themselves in an honest, earnest way and instead look at them as either what we see from what they say in public or the way they look. Um, Tara is a victim for us. Mm -hmm. And the problem is that we see so many victims in our life right now in front of us going on, but that, it's the way that it's writ as Tara, as a god, as someone who didn't choose to become a god or a rock star in the Wicked and Divine universe. And is suddenly faced with this digital world that we live in now. And the whole page of tweets in the oh, Tara oh issue, like, I read through every single one of those tweets. But, like, as I was reading through those tweets, I was thinking, I don't even want to read this anymore. 
Yeah. And, like it's such it, I seriously I can't I'm probably gonna cry now talking about it, but like it I cannot overestimate the way that that moved me because it connected with an experience that I have in my daily life. Um, and it was in front of me in a narrative that I could understand and reading through it made me feel things that I can't feel without fiction. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Like I could, I could finally look at it and look at it all as a whole and see it as this like writhing mass of evil. Yeah. It lets it lets you kind of, um, instead of standing with your face two inches from a painting, you can step back and look at the entire thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, that's very strange in comic book um, history because it doesn't have a lot to do with the art. Um, it's something that any of us probably could have set up in Photoshop if we took enough time. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's not artistically impressive in the layout. It's not about the drawing. It's about accessing this mass of shame and humiliation and public pillory that can happen to people now. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy because the the whole the way that I'm all for technological advances in general, but the way that it's set up is that, um, like, people say stuff like that without a second thought. Right. They just throw it out there because they don't have to look the person in the face while they're saying things like that. And right. when it's someone who is like a like a rock star or a famous person whose face is everywhere, you know, it's it just. You don't, don't think know. about them as a person. Yeah, you're just shouting I mean, a picture. You don't think about the extent to which you don't think about real people as people on the internet. You know, like you have an avatar and you have a snarky personality, but mm-hmm. that is not the person. You know, the same as Tara is not the rock star. And thankfully, we're treated to her backstory before we get to all of that. So we see that she started out with herself and a guitar trying to play her own songs in crappy clubs like we have in Pittsburgh, anywhere that she could play. And she had a sincere wish to express herself artistically to people and connect with them. And she did it under a mask. Right. Because she's so tired of people looking at her and only seeing a cute girl. Yeah, exactly. The the line that really really just I read it like again and again it just tore me up was um, Ananki in the end says it's not too late to change your mind and then it shows the entire two page spread of all the tweets saying these insane things mm-hmm. and it's just her taking her mask off saying why would I do that right and I mean we live in a climate where people commit suicide because of things that have come out online because of them mm-hmm. this is not a story that can't happen in reality. This is 100% a story that can happen in reality. And it's something that women are exposed to online every day, whether they're Lady Gaga or Tara or 
or Kelly Sue Dagonic, like whoever yeah. you are as a woman in the public eye, this is a thing that can happen to you. It is a thing that will probably happen to you as a woman. Because if we can really get down to it, men don't get attacked in the same way that Tara got attacked. Right. And it, the, that brings me back to the fact that Kyrian is a man and he is the one that wrote this. And often I think that we miss the point when people say that men, and I am definitely guilty of this because I do believe it to a point. I think that <laughs> men have a lot more trouble writing women then women have trouble writing men. And it's because of the way we're socialized. So I grew up seeing men as whole people and not seeing them as their faces or how they present themselves to the world. Like I grew up like that. Men are often socialized to see women as the way they present to the world and not think of anything below the surface. So this is a triumph of a man writing a woman, having it be a real woman and not what a man thinks of a woman. And it's because Kyrian is so um, attuned to it. And the other quote that we were talking about is where this comes into play. Because when I was reading about this online, <laughs> and as I was saying, like <laughs> when I'm reading about the criticism of about, about it or like any of people breaking it down. I can't even read articles about it without getting somewhat emotional. It is. It it hit me in a way that I still really can't articulate. But he said, it doesn't sit comfortably to be praised for it. A lot of the power of the issues on a lot of the power of the issue hinges on the real abuse of real women. I feel a little like the pirate in Watchmen being carried on a raft of bodies. I have the odd double think of being glad the book exists, but not liking that it was me who wrote it. I'm also aware that I'd be more worried about myself if I didn't feel like that. I should feel uncomfortable. That's so good. Like when I read that, I was like, he fucking gets it. Like that, like, it's not something that we should read and feel cool about. You know, it's not something that we could be like, Oh, he wrote that. And it's so cool. Like, cause it's not cool. Like none of it is cool. Yeah. It, is, it is human pain put on a page, but the triumph of it is that when you read it, you engage with it and you put it into yourself and it makes you think, and it makes you feel, but you don't feel like you've been, lectured to right yeah is so hard (laughs) like it's so hard to write something that has a point without feeling like you are being political or trying to push a certain message or anything like that like this tarot issue is not about a message you know it's about a feeling Mm -hmm. and the the way that it ends because she commits suicide is like, like I said to you, and I'm not sure if we said it before on the podcast, but I've said it <laughs> a few times, that, like, the only other comic that made me cry like this was We Three. And <laughs> that's pretty much just because, like, I like animals better than yeah. people. So, so, like, We Three really hit a chord with me in the in sort of the same way that it's hit a chord with me. Like, it was a feeling that I knew that I am frightened of, that I don't want to happen in the world. And it made me 
sad at the same time that it made me happy that someone understood it. Yeah. It's hard to talk about. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, I think it's also worth mentioning that this a comic like this, um, this specific issue, we said this about um, Bitch Planet, that 10, even 5 years ago, a comic like this probably couldn't have existed. No, no And way. it certainly couldn't have gotten exposure at this level. No. And I mean, it's still not something that I think that people, like... The mainstream comic press isn't going to talk in depth about Terra, you know. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't. That's not going to happen, and it sh it maybe it shouldn't happen, you know. Like maybe it's enough for it to reach the people that it needs to reach, and that's it. Because I there are some comic fans that are just going to be like, I don't get this, or I don't care about this. Valid points of view, if that's that's fine. But like this is something that's happening now that's affecting people now written in a way through story that can make an emotional connection. Right. It makes me happy that, I mean, it doesn't make me happy that comics like this exist, but it makes me happy that they're getting published. Right. And that things like this and things like Bitch Planet can find a, a wider audience than they and used to be able to. One wishes they didn't have to exist at all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, I think that we can get to a point where they don't have to exist. Like, I honestly think that eventually after you and I are both gone and there are digital episodes of Panel Riot somewhere <laughs> archived through people who can just access them by, like, touching their temple and saying, Panel Riot, Will and Kristen. <laughs> and they'll be able to get to this episode and be like, oh, how hilarious is this? that this was a thing that used to be in contention. Yeah. You know, or this this was ever a social problem mm -hmm. in the world that we live in. Like I really I do think that we get to this that point. Like I, I know that most people don't, but I don't think that I can live in a world but I don't think we can get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I even if it's not true, I'm gonna believe it now. Right. Yeah, because you have to. Otherwise, you know, What's the point? <laughs> right. So, yeah. it, like, the Terra story is painful, but I think it's really super important. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. it's very telling that they went through two whole arcs of this 12 issues before they decided to address that. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it's coincidence. Like, everybody was invested to that point. And all of the foreshadowing that we talked about earlier, where they drop all the hints about Terra, and like we're complicit in it. That's part of it. That for the first two arcs, we were like, oh yeah, fucking Terra, fucking Terra, fucking Terra. You know, like the point is that we are all complicit in it. In in reality, too. Yeah. It's so much easier to be like, well, that's just how things are, you know, that's just how Twitter is. People say terrible things on the internet, you know, you shouldn't put yourself out there because people are going to say terrible things. That's not the point. The point is that you should put yourself out there. People shouldn't say terrible things. Exactly. You're, exactly. you're pointing your finger at the absolute wrong place, you know, the wrong right. person. You're not the wrong person for putting yourself out there. The wrong people are the ones that say terrible things. Right. And, but we also all say terrible things. Mm -hmm. 
we're all complicit. Like, I know that I could probably go back through my Twitter, and if I were diligent enough, I could find something that I would be like, oh, my God, why did I say that? Yeah. Like, because yeah. it's a human thing. It just, snarkiness also gets you ears. Everybody wants ears. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants attention. Everybody wants to be recognized for something. And sometimes being mean will get you recognized quicker than anything else. Yeah. I'll look at stuff on my time up from like the past four or five years. And sometimes I'll be like, wow, that's really good. How did I come up with that? And then other times I just cringe and think, oh, God, I'm glad I'm not that guy anymore. Right. And that's the point is if you are conscious of the fact that you're still learning and you're always learning, then that's fine. You're a growing human being. You know, you're not one of the people that would make Tara kill herself truly. But the horde is the problem. The pile-on is the problem. The the people who say, the people who will make a rape comment offhand like it's nothing are the problem. Yeah. Like, that's not an offhand comment. You can't just, like, I'm going to find you and rape you and kill you is not a joke. Yeah. That's... You can't just put that out there. there. Whether you don't realize that that's a person on the other end or not, don't just say stuff like that. Right, and I mean, maybe that is the big challenge of the digital age, is we're all still the same people. So we're all still the same people living in the same meat space. We're still in these bodies. We just have this new connection that is different than the connection we had before. So as long... Okay, you can look at, say, Amy Poehler on your TV and be like, Amy Poehler is on Parks and Rec, and she is a person. And you can also look at me, like we're looking at each other right now on our screen, and be like, Kristen Ross is a person. But it's different. Like, Amy Poehler is an actress. Mm-hmm. Tara is a rock star. Kristen is a person. Zoe Quinn is a person. <laughs> like everybody still has personhood behind that. And I really, I think that that might be the biggest challenge of the digital age is remembering that we're all still people behind these screens and learning to use the screens in a way that benefits us instead of making it a separation tool. Tara got separated Mm -hmm. and she can never unseparate from that. Like the end point of Tara's life, short life, which was only going to be two years in the first place, which she chose to end after two, like she knew how much she had left and she still chose to end it because the whole of her life was being whittled down to people who didn't know anything about her making assumptions. Mm-hmm. Kristen, this is why I absolutely love having you on the show. <laughs> you are so much more eloquent than I am. <laughs> and you, you are so much better at expressing my emotions than I am. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show this week. It is always a pleasure. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? I am at Baronetis. And I know, I know people are going to be like, oh, God, that's so hard. Well, like, you can find me. I swear to God, you can. Like, all you have to do is go to Will's timeline and see him replying to me. And the one that begins with B and has a girl that has a tie on with no head, that's me. Excellent. Go and check it out at your earliest convenience.
questions. Before we close the book on another episode, I have a few quick things to share with you. Uh, would you like more Panel Riot? Well, more is available. You can find us at our volcano-enclosed secret base of operations, panelriot.com. From there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. Become a Patreon supporter of Panel Riot, and you will have my undying gratitude, as well as a few Patreon exclusives. This week, we talk wrestling with Kristen Ross. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox, and you can also follow the totally not functional and totally not fictional intern stan at no, in totally not functional <laughs> yeah that actually kind of applies um, <laughs> you can hear us all over the place including stitcher smart radio speaker and of course itunes if none of those work for you you can head on over to panelriot.com and click the link that says most recent episode from there you'll be whisked away to a land of episode descriptions and browser players i hope you enjoy it if you're an avid itunes listener please rate and review the show it helps more people find the podcast and you will Finally, get involved in a monkey's paw type situation, but without the pesky death thing at the end. If <laughs> I want to know what you think of the show, please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, and how Wicked and the Divine broke your hearts. Thanks for listening, true believers. Until next week, when hopefully I will have thought up a catchphrase. <laughs>